there. Welcome to Simple Acts Big Impact, celebrating teen changemakers. I'm your host, Natalie Silverstein. I'm an author, philanthropist, and passionate advocate for family and youth service. On this short weekly pod, I have the honor of meeting tweens, teens, and young adults who are volunteers, advocates, nonprofit founders, activists, and fundraisers. My goal is to celebrate and amplify these big-hearted people and the work they're doing, and to inspire you all, no matter your age, to find your purpose and passion through meaningful service to others. I firmly believe, and these conversations will convince you, that every person can make a difference, one simple act at a time. The issue of period poverty is one that many people don't understand or talk about. The truth is that many women cannot afford the feminine hygiene products that will allow them to be healthy and feel confident. My guest today learned about this problem through a school club and immediately got involved to coordinate an organization to address this need. Leah is a high school junior from New York City who runs the Confident Healthy Women organization. She and other club members work to collect and distribute feminine hygiene products to women living marginally or navigating the shelter system in New York City. Welcome back, everybody. I'm excited to introduce you to my new friend, Leah, who is a neighbor of mine in New York City. Hey, Leah, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak to me today. I want you to introduce yourself, tell us where you're calling from, how old you are, where you go to school, all those good things, what grade you're in, and then tell us all about your organization, Confident Healthy Women. And boy, that sounds like a great name of an organization. I would like to be all of those things. (laughs) So go ahead, tell us more. (laughs) Tell us more. Thank you so much for inviting me again. I was really excited when you emailed me about this. Um, So hi, everyone. My name is Leah. Uh, I'm 16 years old and I'm from New York City and I go to the Hewitt School uh, and I'm going into junior year, but it's summer. So I'm trying to like soak in the last bits and not think about school too much yet. But uh, I'm the director of Confident Healthy Women, uh, which is an organization that works to eradicate period poverty in New York City. And we do this through multiple ways, but one being a donating, uh, empowering hygiene bags and care packages, which can include anything from toothbrushes, toothpaste to tampons, pads, practically any hygiene product we can get our hands on. And we also do some education uh, through social media and talks, things like that. Amazing. All right. So let's start from the beginning, how this all started for you, where the inspiration came from. And then I would really like you to do a little bit of defining of period poverty. I know a little bit about it. I have not yet interviewed anyone whose organization specifically deals with period poverty. I think it's such an important topic. So tell us a little bit about what that means exactly, statistically, and, and if you have any data on that, and then go back to the very beginning of how this all started for you. Yeah. Okay. So my story is kind of interesting. So I actually didn't start Confident Happy Women. Our project is like generational. I'm kind of the second generation of it. So at my school, uh, I actually at a different school, I entered my school in ninth grade. I was a part of some girl leadership clubs and I became really passionate about women's rights. And so at my school, there was a women's healthcare club. And I was like, oh, that sounds up my alley. And so I joined, obviously, as a freshman 
you're encouraged to join clubs. So that's one of the things I did to kind of develop a community and also find a group of girls, my girl, my school's all girls, uh, that would be able to come together and work on something we're all passionate about. And so through the club, uh, the two leaders were seniors at the time. I was a freshman, just for a little context. And uh, they outside of the club had also founded this organization, Confident Healthy Women. I hadn't really known much about it, uh, but we did a couple drives throughout the year in my school collecting uh, tampons and pads, and we did uh, some packaging with that and sent it to places like the New York Common Pantry and local food banks, which also collect things like hygiene products, which they can give out to people in need in New York City. And I just fell in love with it. I just, I really enjoyed it. I loved seeing people receiving the bags and also the positive feedback that we got. Uh, and about, I think, middle of my freshman year, they saw how passionate I was and they asked me to make a post on their Instagram. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited, but I have no idea how to do this. Like, I had never posted on Instagram on my own. I had no, no idea about graphic design at all. I did not consider myself an artistic person, but I was like, okay, they have faith in me. I'm just going to trust them. Cheesy, but you miss 100% the shots you don't take. So I was like, why not? Uh, so I did it, and I did a bunch of YouTube videos because that's our main way of learning things now obviously it's a great resource and I learned how to use this platform and I created a post and I just I, I loved it so much I really didn't think and I got a lot of again positive feedback positivity all around is great especially for when you're starting something new uh, it's a really good uh, dr driver in continuing so after uh, towards the end of my freshman year the two girls were leaving for college and they were like okay but we want to continue this but we're going to be busy with college so they handed it off to me and i was extremely grateful super excited and it's i've been in charge ever since and i, I loved it it's amazing so you expanded on it, obviously. You yes. started posting on social media and doing 100%. the, you know, if you're doing TikToks or you're doing YouTube videos or whatever, that's that's fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about period poverty. And I, I noticed you mentioned um, making the donations to the New York Common Pantry, which is a big organization here in New York City and, and other um, shelters and other food pantries. Um, and what's important for people to know is that when someone receives something called um, SNAP or food stamps or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it in your community, those actually cannot be used to purchase feminine hygiene or any kind of hygiene diapers that's why there's diaper poverty there's feminine hygiene issues so but people need these things they need them as much as they need food and the fact that the government assistance that they receive cannot be used to purchase those things really leaves people in, in a really difficult position so aside from that tell us a little bit more is it what are the issues around this that young women especially but women who are living in shelter cannot access the stuff that they need. Yeah, so I think there was a really good documentary on uh, YouTube actually about this. And I remember watching it in, in one of the club times and it was about how, you know, these women on the street had to decide whether they wanted to eat or whether they needed uh, hygiene products like pads or tampons. Like they, they had to choose in between both. And I just, I couldn't believe it how, how this this was the thing they had to choose between. It seems like, you know, an inherent right for someone, especially uh, for us in the U.S. It feels like 
or at least me, I I'm coming from like a privileged background. I, I just have these things. It's not like I have to decide between eating and getting proper uh, products. And so since a lot of these women don't have a proper products, they get a lot of things like toxic shock syndrome because they either have one period product and they use it for their whole period or they use things like newspaper, things that are not good and sanitary products. So uh, but period poverty is basically just a term that is used to describe when people don't have access to proper menstrual products that help them menstruate in a safe and effective way or how it's supposed Yeah. Um, but I think also something that Confident Healthy Women focuses on is the stigma surrounding periods. I think that's a huge part of it. And I actually came from a co-ed school before, so the stigma surrounding periods, you can imagine, was horrible. But I came to this all-girl school thinking, oh, well, it's going to be a lot better here. You know, everyone is a woman, you know, <laughs> right. what a community, foster, you know, kindness and women leadership. And the one thing that I I saw that was very starking what, or was very surprising was the fact that people still like hid tampons in their sleeves or didn't ask the teacher, Oh, like I have my period. Can I go to, no, it wasn't, it's not like that. You know, you would think in an all girl school, like at least that's what I thought, you know, it'd be a lot more open just in, in discussions about these things, but in reality, not at all. And I know it's just, it's very interesting, especially in an environment. I think that these stereotypes and stigmas just are really difficult and since they're there, it's really hard to make change without getting rid of them. And so I think that's one of the things we also try to do. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. This issue of not wanting to bring attention to it, hiding yeah. the products that you're, you know, that you're going to the bathroom with or asking to be excused, or perhaps yeah. even staying home if you're suffering from really severe menstrual cramps. You know, I, I've read somewhere that the, the pain of, of menstruation, you know, can be compared to other very, very, very painful things. But we expect women and young girls to just suck it up and deal with it and not complain about it. And this notion that like, if men had to deal with this pain on an ongoing basis, not just like once in a while when you broke your leg, but literally every 26 to 30 days, like it, it would, you know, most people would stay home and in bed at least for the first day of experiencing this. But we expect girls to get up and go to school. We expect you to do your um, homework, we expect you to do your after school activities, your sports, your swimming, your, you know, all of this at a very high level. And we expect women to go to work obviously, and care for their own children and cook dinner and do all of the things while they're dealing with both significant pain and bleeding, which is, you know, really uncomfortable and can be very embarrassing and, and, and all of that. Like it is sort of, it's mind boggling, the stigma around it. And that, that continues to this day is just like, it's kind of shameful. And I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned the issue of, of period poverty in terms of folks who don't have the resources. If someone doesn't take care of themselves with proper hygiene, they can get yeast infections, they can get so many other really challenging things that then might cause them to have to go, you know, urinary tract infections, they could have to go to the hospital and spend more money or cost the taxpayers more money, right? It's so silly to me. And even with diaper poverty, I, I know this issue, like some people, again, need to choose between diapers and food. So if they choose food, they have one diaper that they 
like wash repeatedly and then the and then the child the baby gets a, a rash and then that becomes something very serious it's so silly to me that if we could just provide this for everyone so they have dignity <laughs> everyone would be better off we would all be better off as a as a civilization as a community well so tell me how um, beyond sort of drives in your school I'm sure after a while that gets a little tiresome like <laughs> people are like okay I'm gonna stop bringing to the to the period property drive how are you collecting items and then how are you connecting with the organizations that you're donating them to? Yeah. So honestly, we're living in the digital age. Social media has a lot of its flaws, but it's also a really great tool. I know that uh, Confident Healthy Women, we use social media to reach out to really big companies. I know we've been in contact with uh, uh, this company named Lola, which provides provided us with actually thousands of pads, tampons, and wipes that are actually in my apartment right now waiting to be um, donated. I have, I don't even want to know, like six giant containers full of them, but I just told them our story and they were so willing to donate and their their pads are also very environmentally friendly in there. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, they're, uh, I forget if they're compostable or recycle. One of the two. Um, but uh, it was just, and a lot of other companies too, Ant Flow, we have some soap companies that we're in contact with. And so the worst you could get is a no. Right. I mean, and even if it is a no, they're normally very nice because all these companies are very uh, trying to help uh, people with their periods, you know? So I, I think I was kind of shocked by how high up or how because a lot of these places have like hundreds of thousands of followers and i was like how can i like a 16 year old girl living in like an apartment in new york city reach out to this like crazy large company asking for donations and it, i was shocked but it, it worked and it was uh it was amazing and so we are going to keep doing that and i think just I think a common theme that I've learned is just just to try. The worst that you could do is fail, and even that, it's not that bad. That's right, 100%. There's a chapter in my book about fundraising, and I say to teens all the time, like, again, what is the worst thing that someone can say back to you? Yeah. No, probably. And maybe they might be unkind or rude, but probably not. To your point, you're you're a sweet person. You're asking a very honest question. You're not asking for yourself. You don't have a handout to, to give something to yourself. You're trying to collect for other people. And so no one's going to be mean to you about this. Maybe they can't help you at this moment. Maybe this is not part of their mission or whatever, but that makes them look really bad, right? So Lola and the other organizations that you mentioned that have given you donations, this is obviously part of their mission, which which is to give back to the community. And that's amazing for them. That's great public relations for them. That just reflects really positively on them. And I also say this all the time. If you have a choice between purchasing an item from a company that has a mission like this and, and one that does not, one that only cares about the bottom line and making profits, I would suggest to you, buy the product from the one that actually cares about giving back to the community. You're, everyone is going to win in that situation. Well, I just, I, I love that. Leia, that is, you literally have quoted from my book just what is the, the worst thing that can happen is that someone says no that's water off a duck's back and you just yes. go to the next person who says yes and that feels so so good and and you know just asking asking for what you need to help other people well this is just really fantastic I love what you're doing I love the name of your organization I think Thank it's you. great have you thought about continuity after you graduate you have other young volunteers in the organization who are going to pick this up when you leave a hundred percent. I mean, I definitely think I'm going to continue it through college and hopefully when I get there, maybe open a chapter. 
wherever Absolutely. I go. But uh, I also I'm excited to see the next generation because I know that through my my taking over in quotation marks, I was able to bring something new to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think that through that, your organization becomes better and can grow and develop into something you may not even thought of. So yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what the future holds. That's amazing. So Leah, tell us where people can learn more, where they can follow, where they can maybe reach out to you, ask questions if they wanted to start a chapter in their own school. Tell us more. Yeah. So we obviously have our Instagram. It's just at confident, healthy women on Instagram. Uh, we have an email. Uh, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I think it's chwnyc.org. I have to double check that. And your website? And our website. Yes. Yes. And that's just confidenthealthywomen.org. We have a link tree in our Instagram bio that gets into like links like our Amazon Smile where you can donate and then our website also. Oh, yes. That's another great way to get donations. Amazing. Well, Leah, thank you so much for telling us this story. This is really inspiring. I loved it. I loved our conversation. I'm wishing you the best of luck this school year and as you grow this wonderful organization. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard today, please follow, rate, and review. These things really matter. And if you know a tween or a teen who is doing great things in his, her, or their community, send them my way. I'd love to meet them and share their stories with a world that could really use a dose of inspiration right about now. You can get in touch with me through my website, simpleactsguide.com. Until next time, remember to keep eyes, ears, hearts, and minds open to the needs of others. And always, be kind.